Welcome back, Rosebuds, to Black Rose Original Stories, Chapter 2 of Mirror Me This. If you're new here, a special welcome. I do have to warn you that you will want to go back and listen to Chapter 1, as this is an ongoing story, and you'll find that link in the description below. To everyone else, to recap last week's episode, our heroine finds a mysterious mirror while out in the woods. Her dog, Sasha, is extremely wary, but our heroine doesn't seem too concerned. This week, we find out whether there's anything to this mystery mirror or not. With that, sit back, dim the lights, and settle in. Mirror Me This, Chapter 2 After the awful dream, I forgot for a moment that I was in my apartment. The familiar shadows of my furniture came into focus, and my breathing slowed somewhat. I shivered. I felt terrible. I was stiff and achy all over. I glanced at the little space heater. The fan was still going, and the light was glowing red to indicate it was on, but my god, it was cold. I got up, feeling shaken. My body was drenched in a cold sweat. Waving my foot in front of the metal grate of the heater, warm air grazed my skin. It was still working. I went to the bathroom, relieved myself, and got a glass of water. I sipped at the water. A shiver ran down my spine with the details of the terrible dream repeatedly playing in my mind. The images would not stop flashing. I went back to bed and lay there for what seemed like a long time. Somehow, I eventually fell back asleep. When I woke the next morning, I knew I had been dreaming disturbing things, but I couldn't recollect them. Only the worst one. The one where my doppelganger, with the shiny, black, demonic eyes, was standing over me. It was Sunday, and I had a mile-long list of things I needed to accomplish. First, check on Sasha. Feed and relieve her. Second, briefly stop at the downtown precinct and turn in the necklace. Then, maybe get the rest of my weekend chores finished up. I had hoped beyond hope that a good night's rest for my pooch would help her feel better. Then I wouldn't have to make that vet appointment. But, to my disappointment, getting her out of the crate was the same song and dance as the previous evening. She wouldn't even come out to eat. I put her dog dishes in her crate, and she ate the food, but seemed on edge whenever I walked into the living room. At least she was drinking and eating. Otherwise, I had started to consider running to the emergency vet downtown. I called my regular vet and left a message for them to call me any time tomorrow. I went through my morning routine, showered, got dressed, had breakfast, grabbed my keys, wallet, and the necklace and shoved the items into my pockets. As I went to Sasha's crate to lock the door, a low guttural growl erupted from her. She began to bark and snap at me as I attempted to close the crate door. As soon as I closed the door and locked it, she backed into the corner and began to whimper. My heart sank. Had Sasha been bitten by a rabid animal when she'd run off? I could have sworn I checked her thoroughly. I stood there watching her for a moment as she paced. My eyes began to tear up. I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't really have the money to take her to the emergency vet, but losing her would be too devastating. 
I stood there trying to decide what to do. <sighs> Finally, I blew out a long breath. I'd have to put the visit on a credit card. I covered the crate with a blanket and began to haul it out of the apartment. Sasha whimpered the whole time. Luckily, I always kept the back seats in my hatchback down, and I was able to get her into the trunk smoothly. I drove to the 24-hour emergency vet's office and checked in. I answered a lengthy questionnaire and explained the situation and her behavior. The vet's assistant then came out to the car and helped me heave her crate out of the trunk. Probably best if you stay here in the waiting room. We'll take good care of her. The assistant offered a sympathetic smile. The clinic was not very busy, so half an hour later, the vet called me back to his office and asked me a few more questions. I can run some more tests, but her preliminaries look fine, and she's exhibiting none of the behaviors you mentioned. She seems to be a happy, healthy girl. If I run the tests here, it would take two hours to get the results back from the emergency lab, and it would cost considerably more. It's up to you. He quoted the price and asked if I wanted to wait until tomorrow or run the tests today. I had mixed emotions. I was glad Sasha was okay, but how could they say she was fine? She was clearly not. I didn't know what to make of it. Why would they lie to me? It didn't make sense. None of this made sense. I declined the extra labs and vowed to follow up with my regular vet. Unfortunately, the bill was in the precise exorbitant range I had predicted. My credit card was maxed out again. The vet's assistant kindly helped me haul her crate back into the car. As soon as we drove away, Sasha began to whimper. I slammed my hands on the steering wheel in sheer, raging frustration. I drove around the block a few times, trying to calm my anger. I suddenly realized that I was only a block away from the downtown police station. So I took a turn onto Main and pulled into the parking lot. I parked in a visitor spot and pulled my visor down to adjust my contact lens, which felt like it had been feeling out of place the past hour. As I looked in the mirror, I jolted back. My eyes were black orbs. I slammed the visor shut and worked to catch my breath. What? the hell? I pulled the visor back down and slowly angled it towards me. Every muscle was tense as I held my breath. The reflection was normal. It took me a moment to calm my breathing. I dared another glance in the mirror. It was simply me staring back, normal brown eyes. You need more sleep, I said, shaking my head. Sasha's whimpering and whining persisted. I got out of the car and went to the station to file a report, handed in the necklace, and felt like I'd just placed a lead weight on the counter instead of an ornamental piece of jewelry. As I drove home, I suddenly realized my dog was quiet. The whining had stopped. I felt a sudden stab of panic. I called her name, and relief flooded me as she replied with a bark, and not an aggressive one either. When I got home and lifted the blanket off the crate, she was all joy and happiness. Her tail wagged furiously, and she stuck her nose through the thin metal bars. I tentatively stuck my fingers through and scratched her nose. She seemed fine. What the f- 
I unlatched her crate door and she bounded out. I hauled the crate upstairs, much more manageable without her in it. She was bouncing around and doing happy circles. I suppose it was at this point that I had to give pause to that damn necklace. It was gone, and Sasha's behavior seemed to have returned to normal. That was ridiculous, though. There's no way that a simple piece of jewelry had anything to do with her. I didn't believe in the paranormal. It was all a bunch of nonsense. That was a belief that was about to change. The remainder of the evening was like any other. Sasha curled up on her bed in my bedroom and we soon fell fast asleep. That is, until sometime past midnight, I was awoken by Sasha's low, guttural growling. I sat up and rubbed the temples of my forehead. Sasha, what's the matter, girl? She was backed into the far corner of my room with her attention fixed on where my dresser was. I got out of bed and was about to go to her first, but a glint on my dresser caught my attention. My heart sank into my stomach. This couldn't be. There on my dresser in the same spot I had left it the night before was the damn necklace. It was sitting like an open book and the mirror's light had caught my eye. My hand trembled as I reached for it. I snapped it shut and backed away but not before catching an ominous reflection in the glass. I fumbled for the doorknob on my bedroom door. I swung it open as Sasha scurried out and then slammed it shut. I went to my living room and threw myself on the couch. Sasha darted straight for her crate again. I gasped for air, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I couldn't simply brush this off anymore. I had turned that damn piece of jewelry into the police not even 12 hours earlier, so there was no logical reason it should be sitting back on my dresser. I ran my fingers through my hair and looked up. There, staring out at me from the reflection of my television was my doppelganger with cold, dead eyes. The face of the reflection split into an ominous grin and I choked back a scream. I scrambled off the couch and reached for my throw blanket near the sofa. I flung it over the television, but there, staring back at me was my reflection, the thing's reflection in the framed artwork above my TV. I was frozen in shock, unable to move. The thing just stared back. It mirrored every moment. It mirrored every movement. However, it was not me. The thing in the mirror had inky black eyes and a terrifying grin with sharp pointed teeth plastered on its face. I looked around frantically for something to break the glass. Then finally, my eyes fell on a heavy metal replica of the Eiffel Tower sitting on a nearby shelf. I grabbed it and slammed it into the glass frame without stopping to think. Sasha let out a yelp of dismay and ran towards the front door, whining and barking to get out. I looked at the shards of glass around me. My feet were bare. This was not good. The glass breaking seemed to jolt me into thinking more rationally now. My hand trembled as I reached for the throw blanket on the TV. I pulled it off and let out a sigh of relief. 
My reflection had returned to normal. I squatted down and threw the blanket on the floor to sweep the glass aside. Thank God my floors were hardwood. I pushed as many shards into a pile with the blanket as possible, then surreptitiously wove my way on tiptoe to the kitchen to retrieve my rain boots, a broom, and a dustpan. Sasha was still pacing at the front door, but her whimpering had ebbed. I had to get this glass cleaned up. I put on the boots and looked up. I saw it again, its reflection in my oven glass plating. No! I screamed. I flew to my bedroom and grabbed my keys and wallet off the dresser. There it was again, in the reflection of my vanity mirror. I ripped the small mounted mirror off its hinges and threw it on the floor. I could hear the glass break, giving me some meager but fleeting comfort. I made for my front door and grabbed Sasha by the scruff. I scrambled down the hall in a half-crouched position as I held Sasha firmly by the collar. I was taking no chances of her breaking free and running away. I made it to my car in the parking garage. I opened the back door and practically threw Sasha in. She was whining the whole way. However, she didn't put up a fight and thankfully didn't try to bite me. I got in the car, turned it on, and tore out of the driveway like a criminal escaping a brutal crime scene. When I felt my vehicle teetering as I turned a corner, dangerously on the brink of toppling over on itself, I forced myself to slow down. I had to think clearly. I had to figure out what to do. What the hell was going on? I realized it was terribly cold. I cranked the heater up. And as the car warmed, my breathing slowed a bit. I felt disoriented and lost as to who I could turn to for help. So I just kept driving. I didn't know what else to do. Well, well, my little rosebuds, that concludes this episode of Mirror Me This, Chapter 2. Tune in next Saturday for Chapter 3, where we will find out if the ghastly doppelganger follows Sasha and her master, and what will they do about this demonic presence. That's a wrap. Until next time, take care, thanks for listening, and stay creepy.